and welcome to the next class. I'm Rob Birdsell, your host, and great to have you joining us today for a conversation with Father Jeff Sullivan. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rob. So for our listeners that don't see you, if they see you, they might have an indication that you're coming to us from Nebraska since you're wearing that big Cornhusker N. But uh, for those that are listening, Father Sullivan comes to us uh, today from Creighton University, where he works in campus ministry. And Jeff, do you want to just spend a minute or two telling us a bit about your work and your background? Yeah, I've been a Jesuit for 14 years now. I entered in 2009. And uh, my Jesuit journey has kind of seen me kind of all over the place. Actually, in fact, before I became a Jesuit, I spent time working at a law firm in Milwaukee as a paralegal. I spent time as a teacher in Ecuador, uh, working with shoeshine kids at the um, working family. Yeah, sure. Did you ever know Jeff Thielman? I've met him once, just once. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a great book and I worked with him and uh, great stories from the Working Boys Center. Yeah. So that was a very formative place for me. And then uh, since being a Jesuit, I've Worked at Loyola Academy on the North Shore of Chicago, uh, did my studies at Loyola University and the Jesuit School of Theology, and now I'm working in campus ministry as the assistant director for campus ministry and our retreats coordinator. So I get to do a lot of uh, great work actively in retreats, but also a lot of spiritual direction and spiritual counsel with students and um, colleagues across the campus. That's great. That that part of your job is what we'll be talking about today, but for our listeners, uh, uh, you know, we've been talking about spirituality and the spiritual CEO this year and um, have been privileged to give this talk to a number of dioceses. And um, we were invited to give it through FACTS Education Management and 165 school leaders signed up to hear this talk on spiritual leadership. And what it shared or showed me was there's a, a hunger and a yearning for spiritual guidance for Catholic school leaders. Um, I shared with Jeff when we were preparing for this that we did a survey of 65 Catholic school heads and only 17% were receiving regular and ongoing spiritual direction, but 98% would like to be. It made a jarring statistic. And, and as I've traveled the country and talked about this, that is pretty consistent everywhere I go, that um, we're putting these lay people in positions of spiritual leadership and we're not supporting them. And many of them don't even know what spiritual direction is. So uh, actually, it was in a conversation last week at the Diocese of San Diego where somebody said that. They're like, I don't even know what this is. And I'm no expert in it. So I turned to my spiritual director and he referred me to Father Sullivan, who is kind enough to join us today for this conversation about what spiritual direction is. So at the end of this podcast, in the next 20 or 25 minutes, we hope to give you some answers to that, uh, what it looks like, why you might do it, and some resources to help you as you lead your school and think about spiritual direction. So with that, Jeff, what what is spiritual direction? Well, I think uh, maybe the best place to start is in secular terms. So I have had the privilege of doing a couple of these uh, formational programs to be certified as a spiritual director. And we actually started off with what is spiritual direction vis-a-vis um, counseling vis-a-vis psychotherapy. And so psychotherapy, as I understand it, is more looking at family of origins, issues to sort of see what is going on. 
deep within that has formed you as a person and how does that impact your decision making and how you are in the world counseling would be more um, i'm in a place of uh, crisis or trauma or grief and i'm trying to negotiate myself in that place um, usually it's maybe for a year or so but it's also looking specifically at one's patterns of behavior in relationship to trauma grief relationship Spiritual direction can oftentimes seem like it's in that same vein of care for a person, uh, but it's very distinct. It's very distinct, um, but it will look a little bit like that, like counseling or psychotherapy in the beginning, because you meet with a spiritual director and it's just you and that person in the room. And uh, the, the, the onus though, and it might look at your your patterns of behavior, your emotion, your affect, but it's really to, to communicate where is God in your life and where is God present and what does your relationship look like with God? And I oftentimes tell people when I start spiritual direction, especially students, students will come to me uh, looking for spiritual direction, but they don't really know what that is. And I think sometimes they're looking for spiritual mentorship. Oh, here's an older person that seems like a guru and is wise and knows how to live the Christian life. Or sometimes they're looking for counseling, but they're a little uh, afraid to go to a counselor, so they'll, they'll seek the spiritual counsel of a priest. But I often tell people that it's almost like going to a marriage counseling, which I obviously have never done <laughs> as a Catholic priest. But um, the spiritual director will oftentimes invite the directee, the person in the room, to d directly communicate with God. And if they're not communicating, to help surface what are the things that are resistances or obstacles between them communicating. And if there are things that are going really well to savor what's going on in that relationship in the same way that a marriage counselor would do that. If there's something of challenge or an obstacle within a relationship to get the spouses to talk to one another. And if there's something worth lifting up and savoring, that's the place where we should deepen and, and rest and abide. You know, it's interesting, Jeff, when uh, you're talking about that, I'm reminded of uh, Father Creed, taught me a, a skill in spiritual in prayer of a two-way journal with God, um, which was hard. It was, that was hard. You know, the yeah. first few times where you write your thoughts or reflections to God, and then, then you respond as you think God is responding to you in that moment. Um, challenging, but powerful. Yes. Yes. And oftentimes when people who are kind of new to the spiritual life, or even myself, I've been I've been praying in this way for 14, 15 years. Oftentimes we come talking about how we perceive God or what our relationship with is with God, but relationships need two people. And um, one of the one of the methods or tools that uh, Father Creed and uh, Jane Ferdin, who's a Dominican nun out in California, that they taught me was actually to let somebody unpack tell the story, describe, describe, describe what's going on, describe what's happening in your spiritual life, describe a moment when you're with Jesus. And then as you're describing it, then to stop once you, once you fully mind that experience to then go back. And then how is God looking at you as you're looking at that moment? How is God savoring you? Um, and it's amazing because oftentimes you'll pe see people say like, I bet God would be angry. I bet God, and then we ask, did you ask God? Or have you talked to God about this? And oftentimes the way God perceives us and the way we perceive ourselves are very different. And God oftentimes does with great compassion. Now we know that in our mind, uh, but to actually feel that and experience that is very different. And so as a spiritual director, 
to really hold that person in front of uh, in front of God. This is a really crass image, so you can delete this out if it. <laughs> but um, you know, I oftentimes tell people, you know, when you're potty training a, a dog, you I didn't know this, but somebody told me you actually hold its nose in the urine to like get it to stop doing it. Um, now that's that's pretty that's pretty visceral, but I but I think like. The image I have is sometimes we want to turn away from God. We don't want to look at God. And I think holding the director will hold the person in front of God, not not to not to aversion, but rather like we too often don't want to stay and remain um, with God. We, we think we know what God is telling us and we run away. And uh, as a director, to keep holding that person in front of God and let God love them or God challenge them, et cetera. That's great. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I've heard from a number of school leaders that, um, they're intimidated or <clears throat> what we don't know we're afraid of. Um, could you talk a little bit about like what it looked, I mean, you've, you mentioned your, your meeting with the spiritual director, but how often, how long, what, you know, for someone that hasn't done this and is kind of interested, but maybe hasn't done it, what, what does it look like? Great. So Generally, generally, when you, when I meet with my spiritual director, I usually meet uh, once a month. Now, depending on where you are, that that might um, that might be actually more frequently. It might be. I always tell new people, I'm like, I'd like to meet with you uh, every three weeks because there's just a lot going on in the beginning, and sometimes there involves a little bit of coaching or trust with um, with somebody in terms of their prayer life. In working with younger students, uh, people will often say young people just don't know how to pray, and and I actually and I actually disagree. I think young people know how to pray, and they know how to name an experience of God. They can they can articulate where they felt it in their body, uh, lightness, uh, letting go of shoulders, a welling up. They can name it. They just a don't quite have the vocabulary for it, and b have never been taught to trust it. Hmm. Uh, God oftentimes is portrayed as a God from above. And there's sort of a hierarchical structure that that God is above and I'm below. And and uh, sometimes we're afraid to say that we're angry at God or uh, or that we don't understand God or we're resentful to God or um, we're confused by God. And uh, I think I think so. Sometimes thinking that we're we're not able to have a relationship with God. And I think also being taught that we can't trust our experiences of prayer because they're not mystical. They're not like uh, St. John of the Cross or Teresa of Avila, uh, that, that it has no value. And I, I actually think that's false. I think that we um, haven't done a great job of inviting people that trust their prayer. So anyways, so the first couple of times, it might just be about the director and the directee feeling each other out. And so meeting every couple of weeks, once a month, and it's usually about an hour. And during that time, it really is. Um, I think. I think for me, the the strongest directors are people that um, are going to ask you about your encounters with God. They're going to ask you about your encounters with God, and they're going to ask you to describe. Uh, now, sometimes people will be resistant and they'll say, "Well, you know, I haven't been praying, or I'm too busy, or I, uh, I haven't been able to get to church," and so they equate sitting in prayer or reading scripture. Or uh, or going to mass as prayer, and if they haven't done those things, that they've failed, and so there's already this setup that mm -hmm. I failed, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not doing it right. And 
I actually will invite people to say, well, tell me a moment when you felt joy or love or laughter. And then they can name that right away. And then I'm like, paint the scene, just describe everything. And at times they'll think I'm crazy. I'm like, tell me about the sky. Tell me who was in the room. Tell me what it smelled like. And, and then as they slow down, as they're invited in, they slow, slow, slow. And it's like savoring. It's the difference between um, eating fast food and like really savoring a good meal and like savoring every bite and the texture and the flavor and the nuances of, of it. And, and so I think that that's um, something that a, a spiritual director will, will just really do is just help help invite the person to describe, describe, describe. And then once that's been fleshed out to really uh, savor what has been given, savor what's been given. And that takes, but it takes, it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't even happen in three or four sessions of spiritual direction. Oftentimes the, the most fruitful relationships take years to, to develop and cultivate where uh, the directee trusts the director and the director knows exactly how God moves in that person's life and that this person has a greater sense of who God is in their own life. And so it just takes time, like any good relationship, it just takes time to develop. And what, I mean, I'm sure there's a range, but, you know, for a school leader, what is the, is there a cost to this and what might that look like? That's a great question. And I think different spiritual directors will do, uh, will ask for different things. Uh, I'm guessing that there would probably be a fee, which would be depending on the market and, and who's doing it. it might be 50 to a hundred dollars an hour. Some religious might even do it for free, or if it's somebody that's within a network of schools, they might be willing to, uh, to, to uh, do spiritual direction. So there might, so there might be a fee associated, but I think that's more of a goodwill offering. And um, yeah, yeah I've, I think I've actually been arguing that any Catholic school, especially high school president should get a stipend in their contract monthly stipend for spiritual direction. Yeah. And I, I actually think, I mean, like anything, um, and, and, and maybe people might push back, but just like anything, um, spiritual direction, it's not just like anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's some people that have natural gifts and abilities, but a lot of people go through a lot of formation and training. I know there are a lot of lay, lay spiritual directors who go to places like Creighton or Fordham or Boston College, and they pay thousands of tens of thousands of dollars to be formed as a spiritual director. They've been living um, this Ignatian spirituality for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. Um, and so people that really give their lives to this and really develop a craft in how they do spiritual direction. And so it's, it's not like just anybody can do this or just any priest or any religious. I think it really is a vocation. Um, now some, you know, obviously some, some priests are very good at giving, um, sage advice or moral counsel, but I think spiritual direction is something nuanced in terms of inviting the person to remain in the experience of God. Great. We're going to take a brief pause here to hear from our sponsor. Catholic Virtual is the trusted online education partner of Catholic schools worldwide. We develop customized online learning solutions to meet the needs of our partner schools and their students. Visit our website at www.catholicvirtual.com to learn more. Now back to the episode. Um, so we're back with Father Jeff Sullivan, Creighton University, uh, having a conversation around spiritual direction. And again, Jeff, thank you for time taking time out of your day. You, earlier, you were talking about something that struck me about how you know, the people are too busy and, and uh, you know, Pope Francis had the great line, well, if you don't have 30 minutes a day to pray, you should do an hour. That's right. um, can you talk a little bit about 
someone who's maybe new to this, you know, you mentioned St. Teresa of Avila earlier, they, maybe they're just entering the first castle. They're just sort of becoming aware of their soul and, and their communication with God. What, what might their prayer life or what would you encourage, you know, someone's prayer life to look like? I would say, especially for uh, highly driven, I'm guessing most most presidents and, and principals of Catholic schools are highly driven. They wouldn't be in this position if sure. they weren't driven, if they weren't very good at executive functioning and leading people, if they weren't very good at meeting objectives and timelines. And so um, the, the, the beauty of that is things get done, right? right. Uh, the challenge is, is then we're so used to, if I just do it this way, an outcome will happen. And that's not how the spiritual spiritual life is. It's not um, it's not input, output in that same way. In fact, um, the spiritual life is one of receiving. And oftentimes when we come to prayer with our own agenda, we're expecting something to happen. Uh, that's, that's when we get disappointed because prayer is really us being in the drivers in the driver's seat driving the car and we're just expecting God to be a passenger and right. and, and saying God where are you directing me where are we going yeah. um, you're the one holding on to the steering wheel and I would say uh, in fact in prayer we just get in the passenger side and we let God drive now that that's that's a, a nice metaphor but how does that in practicality and I think um, receiving like looking at moments of receiving like I said like um, a moment when you were um, with a parent at a school and uh, felt felt a moment of challenge or compassion, uh, maybe that's a moment to receive and to go back into, or a moment when um, a student did something really great to lift up, to like go and receive the gift as opposed to controlling or I did this. And the same is true of prayer. Oftentimes we want to, if I read this scripture passage about peace, then I should feel peace. Maybe that's not what God's inviting us to. Maybe God's not actually inviting us to peace, but to be in the friction or the conflict, just like Jesus was. And so that's a challenge. And so I would just say, to distill that into one thing, Rob, I would say, uh, being gentle and being patient, <laughs> which might be two of the hardest things for for exec, uh, um, you know, executive-minded yeah. people. No, you're right. The, I mean, these school leaders are incredibly talented that's how they got to be the president or the principal and and they're driven and they work ungodly hours um so when i was leading the crease red network um i often thought my well my life is prayer you know we're, we're opening schools for low-income kids they're all going to places like creighton and marquette so i felt my life was prayer yeah until we had a, a family crisis not to get too personal but all of a sudden I was like, uh, hello, I need a little help here. And I didn't know what to do. And you know what I actually did is I Googled Jesuit prayer mm. and kind of going back to my training as a young man at Marquette University High School and um, in your Creighton University's online resources came up. And uh, unbeknownst to me, I began the 19th annotation, which for our listeners is the, the sort of the, the modern adaptation of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius from 500 years ago, but adapted for modern times and especially lay people that can't do a 30-day retreat. And I mentioned this to Father John Foley, the, the head of the Christore movement, and he said, we've begun the, the 19th annotation. I said, okay. He said, well, you need a spiritual director. I said, well, I, I don't want to do that with you. And he goes, well, I don't want to do it with you either. 
(laughs) That led me to Father Creed, who now 10 years later has been an incredible um, friend and resource. But do you have comments, Jeff, on on many school leaders, their lives are prayer, and and that is authentic. But Mm -hmm. I found, and maybe it's just me, that I need daily prayer to, to truly see God's movements, to listen to God's movements. I need that time where I'm not in the driver's seat. And yeah. could you just comment on that for a school leader? Again, these guys are so busy that, and these women are so busy. What, what can you speak to that? And I think um, maybe this is for a whole other um, session or a whole other podcast, but I think it was something you said to me, to me, Rob, is that oftentimes uh, many people have gotten another role as uh, president or principal of a high school by doing school really well. They know how mm-hmm. the dynamics of a school environment work and meeting objectives and logistics and, and running it like a corporation. But, um, but the shift when you're leading a Catholic school is to see oneself as the primary function of the president or principal of a Catholic school is to live out the gospel values, which means to imbue God and to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide and, and to uh, be a, be an advocate for what God is doing. And that might even mean looking like being a pastor uh, of the community. And oftentimes in many Catholic schools, the, there isn't a priest that's coming in regularly. There isn't a spiritual leader. And so the spiritual leader of the school has to be the principal or president of the school, and even as a layperson to live that out. And so if you take your your role as pastor as, uh, of, the, of the school seriously, then prayer is significant, is, an, is essential. It is essential to leading a, a Catholic school. And um, a couple ways in which I can think just practically is a practical way is you're the leader of the school and you create the, the content in the ordo of the day. So do you build in prayer in the school and do you actually pray with uh, the students? And uh, I've been at schools where I've seen that work magnificently, where the president or principal was clearly a person of prayer, led the school in prayer and prayed themselves. Like you could tell in what the way in which they read the words and called us to silence. Uh, they actually prayed. And I've seen others where it was almost like lip service, like they didn't feel comfortable, they didn't yeah. feel at ease, and and so I think um, you can't lead you can't lead a community in prayer until you yourself have prayed and are at ease with that God, that's that's inviting and leading. And so I guess my my advice cer- certainly there's practicalities about praying each day, but I think it's also a shift in posture that I see myself as a spiritual leader of the community, and God has invited me into this place, and that requires that I do daily prayer in the same way that as a retreats coordinator, uh, leading students on retreat. Uh, how can I lead students in prayer if I myself do not pray? How can I lead them in prayer if I do not pray? Well, a symbolic <clears throat> gesture of that um, uh, last Holy Thursday after meeting with Father Creed, I went over to Madonna de la Strada for the Holy Thursday services. Uh, for those of you that haven't been there, this is Loyola University of Chicago's uh, beautiful church. And I entered through the lake, you know, where I, where I am, Jeff, and very crowded. It's great to see the place packed. And I saw the Jesuits up on the altar with their alms and um, going through the service. And at some point, a, a guy, maybe a little bit younger than me, came in in a sport coat, and then I kind of lost him in the crowd. And as you know, the service ends rather abruptly and everybody leaves. And so I text a, another Jesuit friend of mine. I said, who's the guy in the sport coat? What was he doing? 
And he said, oh, that's the new late president of Loyola University. And he was washing the feet of the Jesuits. Yeah. And I just like stopped. And I was like, I can't think of a better image of the bent over Christ-like lay leader than washing the feet of the Jesuits, the owners of the university. And it was his idea. He came to the presider of the Easter services and he said, I want to be involved. And they said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to wash the feet of the Jesuits. Yeah. And everyone in that community, students, faculty, alumni, they see him now as the spiritual CEO of that school. Yeah. It was, it was remarkable. And, and, um, and that's what, that's what I think these, these school leaders are challenged to do. And some of them find it uncomfortable to your point, Jeff. And I remember talking to one in, um, in Orange County, he was trained as a math teacher and he became principal. Um, and now he's president and he's like, I, I don't, I feel like a phony. Yeah. And I said to him, well, when Jesus chose the apostles, he didn't go to the school of theology. He chose a tax collector who ended up writing one of the most important gospels and it clicked for him. Like, oh yeah, Matthew was a math guy like me. And now he's out preaching. And so what he's forced himself to do is take a, a trait of another school leader in Orange County. This, this president every Thursday takes 30 minutes to read Sunday's gospel and simply write their reflection and send it to the whole community. And, you know, sometimes he feels like a phony, but most of the time he's getting reactions from students and parents that they love the Thursday reflections. Um, and I just think that's so critical for these heads of these Catholic schools, especially the laity. Um, yeah. But let's circle it back here near the end of our time, Jeff. And um, um, importance of prayer, but coming back to spiritual direction, um, you know, why why would someone do this? We've talked what it is. We've talked about the importance of prayer, why you should be a spiritual CEO, but why, why would a president who's so busy, you know, take an hour out of their day every three weeks, every month to do this? What, what might they get from it? Yeah, I think a couple of things in living with uh, Jesuit brothers that are presidents and principals of schools, I think it's a lonely life. I mean, certainly you have a community, but not everybody is is shouldering uh, the sort of responsibility and decision making. I know a couple of uh, my brothers have said uh, I had to make a decision in such a way that nobody else in the school knew about it, and I have to bear the brunt of it. And that can be wearing on one spirituality. Um, I think oftentimes, um, I think oftentimes what 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 ruptures our relationship with God is when our relationships with others are ruptured, when we feel lonely or when we feel like we're carrying something we can't communicate. So not certainly there's a place of counseling for that, but I do think having somebody that's trusted that you can bring that to God with and really uh, lament or lean into, or even savor things where God has been present. So I think that's really important. I think oftentimes uh, people at your schools are going to ask you about what's next or what are we supposed to do? Uh, spiritual direction is, is instead of you making the, the decisions, it's, it's you receiving and somebody um, less interested about what you're doing, um, but about where God is entering in your life. And then I think spiritual direction is a forced pause. Uh, my, my guess is that so many uh, presidents and principals are just going, going, going. Uh, 
Um, if it's not school, it might be even family commitments or, or other commitments. And, and so there's just not time for that forced pause. And, and as you mentioned earlier, it's like, I'm, I'm too busy to pray. Like there's just too much to be done. And I think the spiritual life uh, requires that we're um, interiorly aware, um, not just good at what's aware externally, but what's happening within us, what's happening within us. And so it's, it's, it's important to know how can we serve others if we ourselves uh, just are unaware of what's moving within us and what spirit we're listening to. I think that's, that's great, Jeff. And, you know, I think it, um, if they're going to lead these schools, spiritual direction and prayer, they can listen to the Holy Spirit and, and where are they taking the school? You know, that's right. this is, uh, you know, they need to hold the job lightly. And this is a way to hold it lightly so that this is God's work, not their work. And, and listen to where the Holy Spirit, where God is, is using them to lead the school. Um, you know, I think that would be an outcome. And the other one, I mean, this is real practical, but I feel an accountability that when I see on my calendar, I'm seeing Father Creed next week. I got to, I got to get going here. Yeah. Like, where am I seeing God, you know, dial up the journaling, begin. It, it just said, just like if you're, if you're a sport or an athlete and you got a coach, I got a training session coming up. I got to, you know, uh, I got to get to it. That's right. Um, That's right. so in conclusion, Jeff, um, you know, Hopefully this has turned some, some people on to think about this and consider spiritual direction for themselves. Where would they turn? Where would they even begin to look for a spiritual director and what resources might you suggest for them? This is a, this is a, a challenging, I mean, a good, but also challenging um, endeavor. Oftentimes, uh, certainly I, I recommend uh, Jesuits, Jesuit schools, uh, Jesuit communities, um, and, but not everybody has access to Jesuits, and and not every not every city has um, a robust number of spiritual directors. Um, there's certainly um, I've certainly talked to priests. There are other orders that do great great work of of spiritual direction. Um, certainly, there are different spiritualities: Benedictine, Dominican, Franciscan, and so those are also are important about how. Uh, what charisms are important to us? So finding orders that do that, um, talking to religious, uh, talking to priests, asking what they know. Sometimes uh, dioceses will offer resources as well. Um, going online and searching, there's spiritual directors international that that can be secular or specific or uh, more general. Um, but in terms of Catholic, I I think there's certainly um, people within the diocese that should be able to point point to. I don't know, Rob, what your experience of finding and looking for uh, directors. Oftentimes it's word of mouth too. Yeah, like, yeah, that's how I, that's how I you know, know a guy who knows a guy who knows yeah. a guy yeah. kind of thing. And it's like a good mechanic. Um, yeah. and so that can be part too is like, uh, cool. how do you, but, but talking to other people about what they're doing is really. What, if, what about if I were a woman leading a Catholic school and I, uh, I might prefer a female. Are there religious women's orders that that are strong in spiritual direction that you might? Absolutely, there there are so many um, women's orders, uh, and and oftentimes it, you could find a Dominican nun, you could find a, a Franciscan nun. It just sort of uh, depends. But there are a lot. There's a there's a growing number of lay spiritual directors that are fantastic. Um, yeah, and 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 those that are uh, mothers and grandmothers and know what it's like to balance the spiritual life and the married life and the family life and the professional life, 
Um, so there are people out there. It can just sometimes be hard and it can also be hard, uh, to, to articulate if you're new to spiritual direction, how do you know if somebody's a good fit for right. you? Um, and then, and, and so that just takes time and, and relationship and, and that kind of stuff. But. Great. Well, Jeff, thank you. We, we conclude all of our podcasts with the one final question that we've asked every guest for four seasons. Great. That question is who is your greatest teacher and why? <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> you're all the other stuff. You're fine. Now I stumped you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've had lots of really good teachers. I think you've mentioned Bill Creed and and uh, Father Bill Creed, who that's our connection point, um, Rob's connection point of mine. And he was um, he was the guy that um, when I was a, a young Jesuit and I was trying to figure out my role, what what's my role in the Jesuits? Everybody seems smarter than me or better than me. Um, and and uh, Bill took a chance on me and was like, Sully, I think you got uh, gifts for spiritual direction, and that meant a lot because if you know Bill, he's He's not an easy person to please, and he's very particular. And uh, he saw something in me, and I think that that um, gave me motivation and courage to to hone this this gift of, that that I believe that I've been given and have continued to cultivate over the past ten or so years. And so he's been a real mentor for me. That's pretty cool because Bill is really the the instigation of a lot of this work. Uh, these talks all began when another president of Jesuit High School, ironically a layman, and I did an internship with Bill last summer a year ago, so in 2022, in spiritual direction. And it just got us thinking, like, there is such a gap in Catholic education around this. And uh, Bill has been just the quiet force behind it. Um, and I love that he recommended that you come on the podcast and talk about this. This has been a wonderful conversation, Jeff. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, just like our first one. And, um, you know, I think we will definitely hopefully get you back on here next season, uh, if not sooner. So, Thank you for your time and, and, and blessings to you and your great work. Thank you. And thank you to this ministry. What a great gift to the church um, and, and to its leaders. It's, it's awesome. So thank you. Great. And thank you all for joining us in the next class. We hope you enjoyed today's episode with Father Jeff Sullivan from Creighton University. And please like and share this podcast. We are in season four, but we are still new to this. So share this with your friends and family if you enjoyed it. And hope you all have a great day and hope you join us in the next class.